Welcome back to Following Noah Dawn, a Stormlight podcast. This week is episode 162, and we are returning to confirmed land where Noah Dawn has been. We have returned to Roshar with Stormlight Current, episode number four. Elliot and Paul, we are taking a quick break. We will be back to Mistborn next week. We'll be starting the Well of Ascension. Um, and we'll be doing the entirety of part one um, in next week's episode to to kick off Well of Ascension. Uh, Paul, how are you? Fantastic. I'm excited to, I'm really excited to talk about this chapter with y'all. Every time we, not not every time, I heard a mention that there was a new, you know, Stormlight 5 chapter that was released. And I was like, ah, okay, one chapter, we're really going to do a whole episode on one chapter of a Stormlight 5 book. And then I started reading the chapter, and I was like, oh, okay. I mean, this seems okay. It was a short, short chapter, and I was like, okay, it might not be that much. And then I really started to read it. Then, I, you know, I, I, I read it. About halfway through, I was like, okay. We could probably talk for two hours, at least, on this chapter, if we wanted to. If we wanted yeah. to really just go through it, we could go for a long time. So I'm excited. I'm really excited to talk about this with y'all. Um and, and really pick it apart. Elliot, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. This chapter we just read reminded me yet again, probably said this on, on one of our Stormlight check-in episodes already, I'm going to have to do some serious homework before we start Storm, Stormlight 5. Like, this is going to be the the series closer with all the references, you know, tying up the loose ends, at least most of them. I'm going to need to like go back and refresh myself on a lot if I'm going to be prepared for this book. Yeah. I feel like I'll read like the second half of Rhythm of War before I pick up Stormlight 5 for the podcast just to make sure I understand where all the ending points are for for characters. We have a Yasna point of view chapter, which before now, I think you could have counted Yasna point of view chapters on one hand. I This is not a common occurrence. And for, to get this as a preview chapter um, is pretty cool. There is some redacted content that I'm interested to get some guesses for you guys on, or from you guys on what that's about. But before we get into all that, let's roll intro. Okay. So for me personally, there were two big things. This is not a long chapter. There are two big things that I pulled out of this chapter. One is some interesting inter internal dialogue from Yasna. And two, obviously, is the actions and dialogue of Wit in the second half. So which one do you guys want to talk about first? Let's, let's talk about Yasna, because okay. I feel like it has less a slightly lower scale of... Right. The stakes are lower. Like, we're more zoomed in. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's a couple quotes that I want to read you guys from this excerpt chapter. And to... I just want to get your guys' reaction to it and see if 
you're reacting as strongly as I did to these uh these uh Yasna is debating in her head of Dalinar's chosen himself for the champion, but what if I really showed what I could do, I could be the champion. And she has this uh, to say for, to herself. Instead of hiding what she was, what if she'd gone out in the open, told people what she was, what she could do, what she feared? Her life and Dalinar's life seemed to be very different things. He'd burned a city in the open, and people had forgave him. Yet when Yasna had been honest about what she feared, what she believed, what she'd discovered, while condemnation and judgment had chased her like twin headsmen, each looking to get a whipping in before the final execution. She'd barely stayed ahead of them, because when Yasna Kolin spoke her mind, people hated her. Perhaps she had learned the wrong lessons from that. But could she be blamed? When I read that, I had to remind myself, like, Wait, isn't this book supposed to be about Zeth? I feel like we're digging into Yasna's internal conflict and her backstory. And oh man, this was again another one of those moments where it was like, this book is going to be about everything, isn't it? Yeah. I, if we're covering or even hinting at topics like this, I feel like the amount of ground that Stormlight 5 has to cover because there are certain like, ground rules and promises that Stormlight 5 has to deliver on, like, you know, the contest of champions and Zeth back uh, flashbacks. And there's some, there's some other stuff in there too. Um, but if we're, if we're spending time on peeling back some of Yasna's point of view, maybe setting, and maybe we're just setting it up for later, like in the back five, like, which we probably are, he's still giving you page time, which is interesting. So, there's a there's a really good description here. Condemnation and judgment had chased her like twin headsmen, each looking to get a whipping in before the final execution. I wonder if that sets up Yasta like going on tour, if you will, to all the to the different libraries, which is where we find her at the beginning of the Way of Kings. So if you remember, Shalon is chasing Yasna like from capital to capital. And Yasna is doing research on the Voidbringers, quote unquote, and the final desolation and whatever she can discover. So I wonder if Yasna leaving is actually more of a like forced out thing as opposed to a leaving to go seek out knowledge. I wonder if she's more of a outcast from her family than we originally thought. And I wonder if Gavilar has something to do with that. And then when Gavilar... No, she's she's there at the pro. She's there in the prologue, isn't isn't she? When Gavilar dies, yes. Well, yeah, yeah. She's in our second point of view. She's point of view in Words of Radiance. Yeah. So, I guess it's not Gavilar that would be kicking her out because she'd be, or he'd be dead. Yeah. So I wonder right. if somebody else is forcing forcing her out of the family at the time of the Wave Kings. So. I was obviously I instantly started to wonder what what is it what is in her past what what could it be right and the way she alludes to it and compares it to what Dalinar had done I'm curious to know 
if y'all think this is right. The way she compares it makes it sound like it's something that she did that was just really, that she did that was really abhorrent. Not necessarily something that, like, like, I don't know. Like, it's probably not the same thing as, like, the thrill or whatever. Maybe it was. Um, but something like that, that was just really bad. Not necessarily, like, I feel like Shalon, it was almost more so what was happening to her. And I feel like it was with, with Yasna, it sounds more so like something that she did or was a part of or saw or whatever that whatever she talks about, she's being berated. She's being like kinda kinda completely torn apart, right? So I don't know what to make of it because my understanding is she's pretty young, right? She's and I mean that doesn't necessarily mean finished. that's I, like I'm thinking, like she's sorry, 30, go ahead, Tor. She's 34 when the Way of Kings okay. opens. If that gives you a good okay. And the throat, like the the flashbacks to Gavilar's, because for some reason I don't. This is probably just wrong. Whenever I think of our like the prologue, uh, prologue of Words of Radiance, I think of her as being like fairly young, like. 17, 18. I'm probably not right. She's probably a little older than that. More like it's six years. Five or something. Okay. So I, I was just it, wrong. I'm thinking it's like 11 years or something like no. that. Yeah. It's six years that they're on the, sh that they're but between the prologue and the chapter one of the way of Kings. So yeah, she's what? 28, 27, something like that. When Gavilar dies. Yes. Yeah. About there. Okay. Guys I want to get your thoughts. She's referring to this condemnation and judgment, this rejection of her where Dalinar gets forgiveness. Did you feel like she was referring to something that we don't know about? Or is she simply just referring to like her religious hypocrisy where she's denied the church and, and said that, oh yeah, there's... That the god you worship is is dead. Is is that what you guys think she's referring to here? I think both. I think because so at the time when Shalon meets her in the Way of Kings, like the chapter three of the Way of Kings, chapter four, um that's one of the first things that's mentioned about Yasna is she is not in the Voran Church, she's a heretic, she's an atheist. And I wonder mm -hmm. if Yasna discovering something maybe with ivory um, or something along those lines would then lead her to denouncing the Voran religion and then her getting cast out and condemned for that. So I, I wonder if they're connected um, and, and the same event, but I, I'm really, I have no idea what that is. I, I don't know what, yeah interacting with ivory and you know maybe accidentally summoning a shard blade or something i i don't know why that would then lead you to bornism is wrong i'm going to publicly announce that i i don't know there's there's a key actor in there that i don't know i don't have a clue right right and you use the correct word there heresy is what i meant not hypocrisy hypocrisy is delinar's thing heresy right. Yeah, the the heretic. I, I think she's called in, yeah. like capitalized. Like that's a title. Um, yeah. I want to read the the next one as 
well, another quick excerpt. Trembling there, she realized, finally, why she hated this mattress so much. It reminded her of the soft restraints they'd given her when she'd been young, when those who loved her had taken away her own freedom for her own good. Those terrible months that basically everyone had forgotten about as an anomaly. Except by Yasna, who would never forget. As soon as I read that, I was like, oh, hints, more hints. We've had like one-liners or even like two words buried in a sentence before. In a couple of different places. I don't remember exactly where, but I remember keying in on them as we read through. I want to say they start showing up in like Oathbringer, maybe. Maybe earlier even. But like references to, and if if that dark secret ever surfaced again, you know, and then they move on like, hang on a second like yeah we've had a couple of these now from you know yasna has some kind of dark secret in her past like this is another one of those this time there was slightly more detail soft restraints like i'm thinking padded room right like they they've they've put her in a they put her in a padded room they they locked her up for some reason because she was going crazy Ooh, eerie time i wonder if Young young Yasna, so a quick scene from Dalinar point of view in Oathbringer. Do you remember the, a scene towards the end of the book where Dalinar is trying to cope with his loss of Evie, turns to alcohol, and he's out of alcohol, so he's going to, he's like going crazy and ru- like rummaging through the halls looking for anything. And he finds Yasna in the study and they together they read the way of kings all night. They read it from start to finish. Do you guys remember this scene? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. I wonder if Yasna, at a young age, discovers ivory, and jumps to the wrong conclusion that she's a voidbringer. Because she's interested in like voidbringers and, you know, the recreants and the hierarchy and you know all those like historical stuff. I wonder if she, like, summons ivory as, like, a black, like, dark, luminescent shard blade and then, like, freaks out and starts, I don't know, like, self-harm or something, which would lead to the restraints. I I wonder if there's some incorrect conclusion that young Yasna comes to where then everybody that she's close to then, you know, what what she's just saying here that her loved ones had taken away her own freedom for her own good those terrible months that basically everyone had forgotten about as an anomaly except for her so obviously that's going to do some trauma even if it is for Yasna's own good even if she was going to do something reckless or terrible or whatever yeah that that seems to be a plausible way to put the pieces together i definitely follow it which I guess the way you could interpret it as she makes the correct conclusion that she's a void bringer. And then, um, cause the humans are the void, you know, any, all that, but right. Yes. I, I want, I don't think we're going to be getting that a lot more of this in stormlight five. Unfortunately, I think we're going to have to wait till Yasno POV, which is always away, unfortunately, but I, I'm not so sure. I 
this this chapter alone, this excerpt of a chapter that we've gotten goes goes fairly deep into Yasna's doubts and things like that. I'd be I feel like I'd be a little surprised if this is all we get. Like you were saying at the beginning, we're clearly getting some page time for for Yasna. That's surely that's got to go somewhere. Surely we're going to see this a couple of times. I feel like maybe we could explore this. Unless this is an interlude. Maybe. If, if this is if this isn't I'm actually I kind of agree with Elliot. I think him bringing this up here, wherever this is in the book, um, I think there will at least be some further mention of it. We will either f- just simply find out what it is, or it may go deeper. It may be whatever. Because okay, so back to she she mentions like, oh, if they knew what I could do, then maybe I could be Dalinar's champion. That's kind of what she's alluding to, right? Maybe we find out what it is, but we don't necessarily like see it, if that makes sense. And maybe it's like a later book thing, whenever that really is implemented further. But I feel like him mentioning it here, I mean, I, f- I feel like we'll find out because it's book five. Um, but and, I mean, I, I could about, be wrong. Think about Rhythm of War as well, where Venli is our stated like character, and we spend flashbacks in her point of view but we get significant chunks of navani storyline right where we're spending quite a bit of time exploring her character and not venley i i could see brandon continuing that or even attempting to go like even more characters where death is our stated flashback character but that we get significant chunks of yasna or we get significant chunks of Renarin or somebody else like along with Zeth. Right. Okay. Anything else on well actually I'll I'll do a nice segue from Yasna to Wit with this quote from Yasna about Wit. Yasna says to herself Wit would do what he thought was best for people not do what they wanted from him. Which Which is I think a nice way to sum up how Hoyd is going to approach not only Stormlight 5, but any story going forward. That just because character A wants this problem to be solved doesn't mean he's necessarily going to do it because he sees a bigger picture. Um, and maybe solving this problem isn't what the Cosmere needs, for example. So, So if if Wit had shown up in the way of Kings and rescued Kaladin from the bridge crews like Kaladin wanted, that like he Wit certainly could have could have done that, but then we wouldn't have had our fourth ideal windrunner by the end of Rhythm of War. So there's an interesting dynamic between character A who knows so much more than everybody else and how he decides to help. And that feels very consistent with the Hoyd we've seen so far as well, in my mind. Because think about the the his classic therapy sessions. He he's not there to tell characters what they want to hear. He's there to tell them what they need to hear in that moment. Right. And it's like I feel like that's a thing we really like about Wit and Hoyd up until now. He's that 
step in and give the guidance when it's needed kind of character. This this scene is just very different because now Yana and Wood are in a relationship and taking that same approach of nope, sorry, I'm just gonna be the information you need to know. That that doesn't work very well in in a relationship. Right. To decide, oops, sorry, you don't need to know that right now. Stop asking me about it. And, I, and that's the truth that Yasna comes to in the scene. She she yeah. says, I think I'm going to have to start backing out of this because I can't trust him. And that, that's really important for me. Which I I think is a perfectly logical conclusion. It's Yasna. Of course, it's logical, right? It's she she is not as crazy smart and powerful as she is she is not on his level right in terms of like the circles that they move in and the larger goals that they have i think the conclusion she comes to is probably the exact correct one in that like you just said trevor he's going to hoyt is going to act for the good of the cosmere that that's the level of you know thinking that he's on he's going to have conversations with Odium and is going to be the be the person who's going across, you know, planets and seeking out different people and things like that. That's not Yasna. Yasna is the the problem solver. She's the, you know, sit down and figure it out and and solve the problem. They there's always going to be a clash she, there. She's the queen of Kolinar. So there's a there's an obvious clash of or perspective and uh, what's what I'm looking for? Objective? Purpose? It'll come to me later. Job title? Prioritization. Priorities? Priorities. That's what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Elliot, you have this in the outline. This is from... We're still in Yasna's head, obviously. But... Yasna has mentioned something about like wit being active while he sleeps or not actually sleeping or he, she's got some weird internal dialogue about wit and what he does while he sleeps. Do you, do you guys want to? Let me. Up? Let, yeah, let me let me read it to you. Actually, the, the quote in the chapter. Was he even actually asleep? Things he'd said to her indicated that perhaps he went to other places at night around the Cosmere, visiting other worlds, engaging in political mach machinations, machinations. I don't even know how to say that word. At which, even still, she could only guess. And like, very mild Yumi and the Nightmare Painter spoilers here. Yeah. I I read that, and I was like, wait a second, like. Yumi and painter style travel in your sleep kind of thing. Right. Like, wait a second. Well, and different minor Yumi and Nightmare Painter spoilers. I wonder if that could feasibly put that book in a different part of, in a different spot in the timeline than we originally thought. Hmm. If there's like some weird time dilation stuff going on or something. To think about that, I almost don't want to explore it here because then we get into like major spoilers for that book, which we probably don't want to do here. But right, yeah, interesting, interesting. There was one other thought 
that came to my mind though that would explain this. Later on in this chapter, which we're going to talk about in a second, Boyd reveals his whole thing about memories and yeah. how he's cataloging and storing his memories outside of himself because he has to because he's lived for so long and you can't handle that many memories in your brain. So you have to do you have to store it outside of yourself. He he explains a little bit to Yasna that that something along the lines of I have to periodically review my memories. And it almost seemed like he was implying that that's what he was just doing in that moment. Like I'm almost thinking instead of sleeping. Oh, interesting. He's not sleeping. He's just delving into his breath stored memories. And it kind of looks like sleeping to someone else, but he's just kind of in a trance because he's in his memories. And then he comes out of the memories maybe and talks to Yasna about them. Yasna thinks he's talking about actual events. He just like went and did on another planet when in reality, he's just talking about his memories. He's just talking about the memory he was in where he was on whatever planet doing whatever things. That's kind of a a neat idea. I hadn't thought about Elliot. Like, I mean, it could, you could interpret that as yes, he is kind of traveling. I mean, he's like traveling through his memories. He's thinking about these other worlds he's been to and things like Mm -hmm. that. Other people he's been around as far as him, like, keeping track of all that i would guess that you know maybe maybe when he sleeps he has vivid dreams or memories of places he's been but it mm. feels like this whole like ordering of his thoughts ordering of his memory is what he did when he woke up is him like he he starts writing in some kind of yeah. foreign language that yasna can't recognize um right and he he spends a lot of time like very vigorously writing trying to jot all this stuff down and then he's like there's three minutes and some seconds gone or whatever and he's like what is what's the deal with this and all all the things like that so I feel like that may be more so what he is doing with his like ordering his memory or things like that I, I really like that idea that he's more meditating and reviewing the footage as opposed to sleeping. Um, But I also wonder if Boyd... So I'm going to go down a couple hypotheticals and then arrive to a conclusion here, so try to stay with me. I wonder if Hoyd has... His physical body has limitations, and he knows that, so Hoyd has to sleep. But his cognitive ability doesn't stop and so maybe he could travel in Shadesmar while he's asleep. His cognitive self could travel in Shadesmar while he's asleep, maybe. Um, and then, I don't know, like we've seen some nice Radiant do what you could basically call teleportation. Um, and he could jump from maybe to a planet that he has a connection to, um, that he's been to before or something. I would believe it because, again, kind of drawing on Yumi, which we just read, Yumi and Painter are sort of traveling in their sleep, and it doesn't seem to have 
negative, like massively negative effects on their bodies. Right. It seems like their bodies still sleep and their mind can go wander and go do something that's again, based on connection. Like you just said, interesting. Yeah. A couple different things that could be happening here. I do think this might be the first time that Boyd doesn't know something that the reader does. I think that is a very interesting dynamic that we know more than Hoyd does in this scene, I think for the first time, and Hoyd knows way more than we do all the time. So the fact that he's throwing down white sand and checking all his checking his bag basically for all of his different magic systems, um, like real quick. There's there's quite a bit in that one paragraph that you're like, oh, I know what that is. Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh, I know what that is. Like it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, he's he's missing what three minutes and twenty some seconds. Is that what he said? Yeah, something around there. So, yeah, our understanding is, yeah, that's what Odium took, and I'm, what I, okay, when I started, he he started to talk about Odium a little bit. And this is when I really was zoning in. I was like, oh my goodness, what is he going to say? What has he figured out? Because a big question we had after Rhythm of War was, is Hoyt going to be like a non-factor now? Is he not going to be aware of what happened? Is he, what was like probably our best tool of knowledge just about against Odium. Now, is that not the case? But he talks about how he knows Ray's so well. He refers to him as a megalomaniac and just someone who would never... He could never. So Hoyd realizes that he his memory was kind of shifted or altered. To think he came away from his discussion with Ray's, not Ray's, Odium. What well, he thinks is um, Ray's. Yes, his discussion with Odium, as like having won, like effectively having won, um, having kind of tricked. ODM or something like that, or he at least has the feelings of satisfaction of that. And he he realizes that Ray's would never do that. Even if like he is too arrogant, he's too much of a megalomaniac that even if like he, he would never use that as a trick. He would never use a trick to like let Wit think he he got an edge. Right. Um and so I was like I was really hoping that he might come to the conclusion that Maybe this isn't Ray's, but he doesn't. He because he's like I was there. It is Ray's. Is how he's thinking through it, I guess. Right? He's like I guess Ray's has has kind of like improved, adapted, grown, kind of from this. Um, and anyways, I I was really zoned in on that part, and I was curious to see what he drew from that. And that's when he's like, we need to we need to look at the agreement because. He understands Odium is apparently wittier now, or something's different. So, right. I uh, I should have gone back and looked at the agreement like they do in this scene. I I didn't, but I should. Something that I discussed in my Stormlight key scenes video that I filmed on my own, um, right after we finished Rhythm of War. I really highly elevated Zeth killing Ray's. And Odie and um, 
the dirty tricks the scene that he's talking about in this um in this chapter where Todium tricks Boyd because just as a writing mechanics standpoint going into Stormlight 5 had that scene not happened feels like the stakes are fairly low because we've already beaten Ray's at least once at the end of Oathbringer. O- Ray's has already been defeated um, as Odium. Dalinar was, was able to defeat him even temporarily, but we know it was it was possible. Now that right at the end of Rhythm of War, he flips the switch and now Teravangian is Odium, that makes such a new dynamic moving into the um the contest the the final chapter of our first stormlight 5 book or our first five stormlight books that it, it's such it's so well done that you can raise the stakes simply by swapping characters like that now now it's Teravangian is such a wild card um now i think it's interesting that Boyd now knows that something is amiss, but he doesn't know what it is, is now confirms that he was indeed actually tricked. Because um, we we had that li- a little bit of a question at the end of Rhythm of War, was what what actually happened here? Does, does Hoyt actually know what was going on or not? We, it's confirmed that, no, Hoyt certainly was actually tricked here by Teravangian. So... Uh, again, raising the stakes for Stormlight 5. That, that's that been now confirmed for us that now Hoyd doesn't even know what's going on. So even if Hoyd sits us by the fire and tells us you will be warm again, Kaladin, that may not even be true because Hoyd doesn't ha- hold all the cards anymore. On on the other side of the same coin, though, I'm, I, I'm totally with you. Totally with everything you just said. The The one part that I think is encouraging me slightly is that he at least Hoyt at least knows something is going on. Right. He doesn't he no longer knows the exact specifics of what is going on, but he's at least now going to be on his guard. Based on this scene we just saw, like he's rattled. We've never seen Hoyt like blink or miss a beat or anything and he is like full on panicking in this scene. At least, at least he knows to be more careful. At least he is going to be at least a little bit on the lookout. Is in that way, like you said a second ago, Paul. We we're not going to completely count out Hoyd, but yes, he doesn't know everything anymore. Who do you guys think is Wit's old friend that he is going to contract, or is it is it a misspelling of contact? It says contract in the. Yeah. Um, also, Yasna call it's a misspelling on the words of Brandon website, but Yasna calls Brandon or sorry Yasna calls Dalinar a Bond Sith. So there's your there's your headcanon for the Star Wars crossover fans out wow. there. Wow, yeah, there we go. Um, but anyway, Tatooine is in the Cosmere. There you go. Yep. Anyways, um, the. The very last line is on your planet I only know of one person, but I we're not on speaking terms. But I have another old friend who I can contract. I'm curious if that's going if that is a typo to contact 
or if there's actually a contract here. I I don't know. I don't I want to say that's a typo, but at the exact same time contract is still the key word here. Right. Even if that is a typo because the conversation directly before this was quick, get out the contract. Oh, this is beyond my expertise. I need an expert in these kinds of things. And so he, whether he's whether that's the correct verb or not if he's contracting or contacting it's still about a contract so it's a very unfortunate typo because either word yeah is actually has big meaning i th- we're, we're gonna we're gonna time travel here a little bit you guys ready for this ready our time travel cosmere okay. no no but go ahead i i know i know that's not okay for cosmere I'm going to travel forward in time a week here and reference something we have not talked about on this podcast yet, (laughs) but I have read. Okay. And I know this is terrible, but I, I read this chapter and I had no idea, no idea who this friend might be, who would be an expert in contracts. Then I went and read our chapters for the part one of the well of Ascension, Mistborn two that we're covering a week from now. Hence the time to travel. And there's a character in that set in that book who is an expert in contracts. And that's the the Chandra. Yeah. Everything is about the contract. Huh. And so when I first read that line, I was like, well, I have no idea who Hoyd knows. But then a few days later, I was like, oh, wait a second. Maybe Hoyd knows a Chandra. Because apparently their entire life revolves around contracts and things of that sort so now i do have a theory i think wit might be going to contact a chandra about a contract (laughs) say that 10 times fast contact a chandra about a contract and if we want to spin theories even wilder here he he says i do have a friend on this planet who knows about such things, but she is not on speaking terms with me. Right. We know words of Brandon, right? He's told us there is a Chandra on Roshar. Correct. There's exactly one. So you, you could, you could try and connect some tenuous lines between all of those dots on. Yeah, but he's not on good speaking terms with that one. So, right. Correct. You know, forget about that. <laughs> but what were your guys' thoughts, though, on so, who this person? So I assumed that the 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 female that in question here, who is not on speaking terms with wit, is cultivation. I I assume I made that pretty quick assumption. Um, now that that it's an assumption, and I definitely could be wrong. And then I really do like what you just brought up. There is a Chandra on Roshar confirmed by Brandon. And what you said was absolutely true. Chandra's entire lives are built around contracts. So we could be seeing a Chandra show up in Stormlight 5 completely feasibly. I mean, he's he's not holding back anymore with crossing his magic systems in different books. I, I think it's fair to say. So 
having a Chandra show up and talk to Hoyd, maybe on the front half of Stormlight 5. Completely valid theory, I think. So I I have a... So my first thoughts on who this would be, actually. So I was thinking of it as contact, for the record, over contract. Okay. If it is, if if we are scrutinizing that word, then that could, that would change a lot of, of how I think about it or who I think he's going to contact. Um, of, I would, I would actually agree. It might be a Chandra. That's like the, like, they seem to be the experts on contracts and what you can and can't do and stuff like that. Um, but my my initial thoughts were... Well, actually, I think I'm answering this as I go because I think he's already gotten declined. I was thinking of Frost. That was the name, right? I also thought of Frost as an old friend. Yep. Yes, the old friend Frost, which we've seen in uh, epigraphs. Yep. And I, (laughs) this isn't very helpful, but I have another guess, but I don't think I can say who it is. For it's. Mistborn spoilers? Spoiler. Or... Yes. Okay. Yeah. I understand. Um, so I don't. I don't think I can say it yet, but you know, we'll be there before long. I do think we'll be there before long. Um, yes, Frost definitely crossed my mind. Um, because in the epigraph way back in that, this is more Stormlight confined. Um, and we're not getting too crazy with our theories. Back in Words of Radiance, when Frost and Void are writing to each other back and forth. Part of the letter from Frost to Hoyd is you promised in writing not to get involved and you're still getting involved. So there is some sort of pact there for Cosmere Ware people to stay away from Roshar. So that that could easily be an answer and we could have uh, an ice dragon show up at the end of Stormlight 5. That'd be pretty cool. Um, But... um. Do I think it's going there? No. Feasibly, sure. There's plenty of things that I could feasibly see happening that I don't see happening that actually do turn out to happen. So I like all these. Or it could just be Kaladin. You could just be right to Kaladin. <laughs> hey, Cal. I know you've retired and all. Right. <laughs> Anything else from this chapter, gentlemen? Okay, so I, I I do actually have a little else. I wanna I'm I'm starting to run with the ball a little more on who he might be contacting. Okay, and he, so I, I side note I was really impressed or really surprised with how much information we got on breaths in this. Mm, it was yeah. just direct, like it is breaths. That is how you do it, which we understood fairly well, but laid out very clearly that that's. How it is all done right. Is it possible that it's someone from that's Nalthus, right? Mm-hmm. Or is Nalthus misborn? Nalthus um, is Warbreaker. Okay, someone from Nalthus. In my head, I don't know. In my head, I was wondering so the. Oh gosh, what's the name of the guy in. Um, is it the God God King? Is that what they call him? Sesebron? Yeah. Is Sesebron showing Sesebron. up in Stormlight, in Stormlight 5? Is that what you're about to tell me? Potentially. Or, like, could... Like, with the sheer amount of breaths he has, is there some... Because... Okay, the reason I'm connecting this, I'm going to provide a little more information. 
whenever we see at the end of Rhythm of War, whenever we see us, the reader, recognizes that Hoyd's breaths or memory has been taken because of things like he's off pitch mm-hmm. and things like that. Is some like I would actually be. I, I'm I'm guessing that Sesebron has more breaths specifically than Wit does. And I wonder if there's something specific with that that he could somehow know. My understanding is Sesebron still can't really communicate that well. I don't actually know where we are now. But I would be I, I could honestly believe something like that, even though that's probably more far fetched um than other guesses that wouldn't be my first guess but i'm just kind of thinking about it now since we've gotten direct correlations between nolthus and roshar and right. um and breaths and everything here so um yeah so that that's something that i was thinking about i wonder owner of zyle could help him recover his breaths and recover the missing three minutes that is, I don't know how that would work mechanically. Right. I don't know if that's possible or what. I don't know if you could recover them other than. Um, I'm assuming that Todium took them and has them. Yeah, I would assume the same, but I'm, I don't know. Or chucked them out the window or something like that. That they physically left and went with Odium. Right. You have to track down where they went. He didn't just put them in the recycle bin. He actually deleted them. Well, he he might have put them in the recycle bin. He might have, like, left them somewhere. But he physically removed them from Hoyd, took them somewhere, or kept them, or has them. Like, getting them back involves, like, interacting with Odium and asking nicely or fighting or something. Right. The only reason why I brought up Zyle is because I'm just frustrated that we have not had a Zyle Nightblood reunion yet. Mm. And we're entering Book 5 of Stormlight. I mean, the last time they talked was 2011, and it's going to be 2024 before they even have a chance to talk again. They were they were literally in, within, like, a mile of each other in Stormlight 4 and didn't talk. That really bothered me. Anything else? Oh, I have. Very nice uh, Stormlight 5 preview chapter. I really enjoyed these. Thank you, Mr. Sanderson. We will reconvene next week with the entirety of part one of The Well of Ascension. Thanks for joining me, Paul. I'm excited for more. Can't wait. <laughs>